Hello and welcome to Real Talk, Real Women Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Sereniti Gorokov, your host, and today we have the honor of having Linda Sunshine. She is a book publisher. She has published so many anthology books and more. She's multiple times international best-selling author and more. I mean, she is such a sunshine in our lives. So here is her short bio. She ran away at five years old and was gone an entire week. Imagine five years old. God, you cannot imagine the fear of her parents. Why growing up with a raging alcoholic father caused her to decide she didn't want to live in that environment. She came home riddled with fears and in turn became a people pleaser. I understand that. At age 51, she decided to face one fear every day for an entire year. In doing so, she gained an exorbitant amount of confidence and now uses what she learned to fulfill her mission and emp of empowering 5 million women and men to write their stories. Linda Sunshine West is the founder of and CEO of Action Takers Publishing, a speaker 17 times number one international best-selling and award-winning author, executive film producer, and a red carpet interviewer. Great. Linda, it is such an honor, such a happiness to have you with us today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited because, you know, real talk is something that is um, something I started doing after I stopped being a people pleaser. Because when I was a people pleaser, there was no real talk going on there. I got right. <laughs> I know that. It's true. It's true. You just try to please to find what is the word you want to hear. Let me say, do you feel better? Okay, good. And then when they ask you, sometimes they do, what do you want? You are here. What do you want? And then you're trying to, try to turn it around because you don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that has shifted. That has completely shifted in my life. And, and I'm so glad, you know, we're never too old to, to move into a different us, to become a different us. And so for me, it started at age 51. And I'm just glad that I that I um, saw that opportunity to change who I am and that I went on the journey and here I am completely shifted my entire life. That's amazing. So 51, how many years ago was that? Well, I'm 59. I'll be 60 soon. So it was exactly, exactly eight years ago that I started the journey. Wow. So tell us about your journey. I remember having read a book and I think it's yours and it's so riveting to goes through all the fears because every time you open the book and say, okay, so I address that fear. It's like, oh God, I cannot do that. <laughs> when you just read from a reader perspective, like, oh no, 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 I cannot do that. Okay. So tell us about your journey. How, how that came to, to be, first of all, how did you choose to make that decision? Yeah. Well, you, as you read in my bio, I ran away when I was five and I was gone for an entire week. And the first question everybody asked me is, where did you go? And, you know, I, I just went to the neighbor's house. So I was safe and my parents did know where I was. But as a five-year-old, I didn't know my parents knew where I was. So what ended up happening in that, that one week's period of time would be something that would shift my whole life and would be like a, a belief system that I created at that very young age. And nobody came to get me. So my belief was that they don't love me. They don't want me around. And that was the belief that I held on to so strongly for decades, you know, until I was 51. Well, at age 51, um, I was driving to work one day 
It was my 49th job after working in the corporate world for 36 years. So 49 jobs. And that job was working for a judge in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. I'm in California. And um, for that judge, you know, I was like, this is it. I made it. This is the penultimate. This is like what I've been working so hard for. And then after about eight, nine months, I was like, oh, my God, I hate this job. It was so boring. You know, it was just so boring and so not me. So one day when I was 51, I was driving to work and I was just thinking about how, you know, I don't understand why I'm here on this planet. I have no value. I have no purpose. I'm not serving a purpose. I'm just going to work every day. I get up, get in traffic, go to work, drive back home in traffic and go to sleep. And that was my life. I was living a a groundhog day life. And that day, just something snapped in me. I was like, I don't understand it. Like, why am I here? What's this planet all about? This is so ridiculous. Like, why am I on this planet? I have no purpose. Well, so when I got to work that day, I mean, I was really just filled with anger. When I got to work that day, uh, there was a Facebook post from a woman I didn't know. It said, I'm a life coach. I took some time off. I'm getting back into it. And I'm looking for five women who want to change their lives. And I was like, I want to change my life. I don't know what this means. I don't know what a life coach is, but I am in. And that was the greatest gift I had ever given to myself was to say, I'm worth it. You, I paid $2,500 for that. That was a lot of money for me to pay for somebody to help me. And I'm so glad I did. It's what opened the door to the next stage in my life, which was breaking through a fear every single day for a year. So I just a short story there is I worked with my life coach for five months and it was drastic, drastic changes in my life. I started to see my purpose. I started to see why I am here and how I can make a greater impact on the planet. I started to see that I do have value, unlike my first husband who made sure I knew that I was stupid and ignorant on a daily basis. I have value. I'm not stupid and ignorant. He was wrong. You know, and so um, after working with her for five months, I was so addicted to the positivity. I was addicted to this amazing change that was happening in my life. And I woke up January 1st of 2015 and I said, I'm so, I'm just so different. I'm loving this, but I would want to keep going. I'm not done. I'm not done. I got so many fears. I'm going to break through the fear every day this year. Like it was just like one of those like random declarations into the universe And uh, what I did is every day for 365 days in a row, the first thing I did when I woke up is I asked myself a question. I didn't even get out of bed yet. I'm laying there in bed and I asked, what scares me? And then I just waited until the first fear popped into my head. And my commitment to myself was to break through that fear that day. And that's what I did 365 days in a row. And it totally shifted everything. Everything in my life is different with the exception of my family, but everything else is different. So my question for you is, can you give us, I don't know, the five main fears of the year? I know 365, you had a lot, but the five main ones, the most terrifying thoughts ever that you did overcome. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I thought for sure that things like jumping out of a plane or bungee jumping or eating bugs like fear factor, I thought for sure those would be there, but those never showed up. 
Instead, what showed up is the fears that I had were so, so deep rooted in the fear of judgment. So for example, I would wake up one day and it would, the fear would be talk to a stranger in Starbucks. Because I used to go to Starbucks every day and you know bring my laptop and work and I would never talk to anybody. I wouldn't even look at anybody. So it's like talk to a stranger in Starbucks. So that was the fear that day. Um, another one was because uh, I would I used to go to a lot of networking events, but I would walk into the networking event and I would walk to the back of the room, get on my phone and not talk to anybody. Just this fear of talking to people is so, so strong. So I would say you know, that that fear that day was to talk to two strangers at the networking event because I knew I was going to a networking event. Um, so what really, it's not really about the number of fears that it was. It's really about the fear in general that it was. Because as I looked back, I was three months into it and I started asking myself a question that's like, what's the common theme between these fears? Because it wasn't the specific fear. It was the, the fear of what? The fear of judgment, the fear of if I go to this networking event and I talk to two people, are they going to think I'm crazy and stupid and ignorant? Are they going to catch on to me? Just like my, again, my ex-husband was constantly in my head. Um, if I go talk to the stranger in a Starbucks, what's he going to think of me? There's a saying that more people are scared of speaking on stage than they are of dying. And that is not true at all. That's a bunch of BS. The truth is that more people are scared of the judgment they may get while speaking on stage than they are of dying. That fear of judgment is prevalent. It is the biggest fear in like the vast majority of people that have fears. That's their biggest fear. It's the judgment. But we have to really like, like work it down to see what is the true fear here? Am I scared to talk to people? No, I'm scared of the judgment I might get from them. So now I'm armed with this knowledge that the fear of, oh my gosh, the fear of judgment. That's my greatest fear. Awesome. Now I have something to work on. And so the rest of that year, I just started noticing that all these fears that are coming up are fear of judgment. So if I can just rid myself of the fear of judgment, I'll be golden. And so that was my focus, rid myself of the fear of judgment. And boy, have I, like I have, that never even shows up anymore. So it's incredible, you know, what, what can happen when we break through those fears. That's truly amazing. So you said that in your experience, the kind of abuse you overcame was that belief that you are not worthy of love, not worthy of being seen. And then, of course, you continued by manifesting someone who could really reinforce this belief. So it was a lot of self-abuse that stemmed into abusive relationship. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you know, it even started way back, you know, that abusive household that I grew up in. So it started as a baby, you know, all these different beliefs that started really getting locked in. But that one of that, you know, they don't love me, don't want me around. That was the one that controlled my movements. That was the one that helped me to become a great people pleaser. Like I was so good. I used to even call myself a chameleon because I could blend into any situation. And I took pride in that. I was like, I'm awesome. I'm a chameleon. I can blend into any situation. The reality was that I was too terrified to stand out. I was too terrified to, to say my, have my own um, 
my own thoughts and ideas and to share those with people. I would just agree with everybody. And so I used to say that the worst thing as a people pleaser is when you get two people who have opposing opinions and then they ask you what your opinion is. You're like, uh, who do I go with right now? And that just used to scare me so much, you know, so it's just, uh, yeah, people pleasing. This is, exactly, this is exactly what I was imagining when you said, yeah, I just want to please everyone. Okay, so put it two or three or four people who think differently and just try to make it through. You cannot. Just yeah. to say, you know what? And that is true. I'm Swiss. I'm neutral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because that, that whole people pleasing um, thing, you know, that is, it is a thing, you know, and um, I realized after breaking through those fears that I needed to discover who I am in order to be able to show up authentically. So there's like that word authentic, be authentic, be you. And as a people pleaser, I didn't know who I was because I was so busy trying, trying to fit into every situation. I just wanted everybody. I just want people to like me. I used to say that, you know, all the time. And now it's not that I, that I don't care if people like me or not, but I'm not going to let their likes or dislikes for me adversely affect my life. And so it's a completely different energy. It's a positive energy. Like, um, you know, here I am and you know, that person doesn't really care for me. That's okay. That's okay. They don't have to. But I love me. And that's the most important person to love me is me. That was the biggest realization ever. When I realized that the way I love me is the way I allow others to love me. Yeah. So I am showing the way of loving me. Yeah, exactly. That is a gigantic one. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, I think, like, especially for me at the beginning, you know, I always thought like people, when somebody would say something like what you just said, I'd be like, they're weird, (laughs) you know, or like, uh, what a wacko, because I didn't believe in that stuff because I had come from such negativity. And, you know, one thing I like to say is I didn't know I was in the darkness until I was in the light. Because I was in the darkest darkness for decades, for 51 years. So it wasn't until I like that little glimmer of light started to shine through that I was like, okay, maybe this positivity thing is real. I used to think it was a bunch of BS. If people that were, that seemed happy were just seeming happy, like it was impossible to really be happy. That was my belief. But now that I'm on the other side of it, I, I totally see that it is a true thing that we can, you live a fulfilled life. We can be happy. We can love what we do. We can love ourselves and we can really, truly, truly love others. These are things I didn't believe in before. And I understand because what you believe is intimately linked to your background, to where you come from, to what you have experienced. Yeah, in different different people, right? We were born with uh, parents. Um, you know, some of us get whisked away to like my husband, he was born, you know, to his mother and father, but then he immediately was whisked away to a, um, an orphanage, you know, so he didn't have that initial bonding from his parents. So his belief system started from someone else, you know, from an orphanage. Um, but we're, we're born with these parents, with this family, and we, we adopt their beliefs. 
and until we decide that those beliefs no longer serve us and then we get to move into the next phase for ourselves is like a discovery of like what do i truly believe what do i really love what do i really hate i remember my my ex-husband he loved the harley davidson motorcycle and he would talk about it all the time and i was like oh i just love the harley davidson i'd never ridden one i'd never seen one you know but he loved it so i loved it and um you know there's a saying that you know what we believe is how we behave and how we behave is who we become and so really it does stem from those beliefs and what our what are our deep core beliefs and how are we carrying those forward into our lives to live the life we truly truly want to live and do we deserve it yes we do yes we do so it's time to go grab it and make it happen that is truly gold what you're tr- what you're sharing here it's true gold it's the most important thing thank you what? my question about all those 365 fears i mean we can think that we have five or ten fears that we can probably easily write down on a paper like okay yeah fear of dying fear of diving into the water that is one of the big ones fear of jumping from a plane like no you don't do that it's all related to fear of dying but why are you so afraid of dying? Maybe because you did not live fully before? Maybe because you did not love fully before? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't have a fear of dying. And um, I my fear is of the pain. <laughs> like, it's, it's like how I die. So I don't have the fear of dying at all because I, I believe, I have belief in where I'm going. And I'm actually excited to get there. You know, I, I truly believe that I am going to heaven. And so I'm so excited to get there, but I don't want to rush it, you know, but if I'm sick, you know, I don't want to have it be prolonged. My aunt had bone cancer and she went from like a five foot 10 woman down to, I think she was like three and a half feet tall when she passed away. And it was like five years of this degradation of her bones. And it was just a painful death for her. And like, I don't want that, you know, uh, instant death. I'm all for, but you know, having the pain of death, like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be a burden to others in my family. You know, there's so, for me, there's a lot of the, uh, like what's, what's to come before the actual death. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid of dying at all. I don't have any fear of that. And do you have any fear of all kind of weird and different animals? Um, I don't like spiders, but I don't know if it's a fear See, here's one, here's one thing I was, I was actually grappling with this the other day. So it's funny that you ask it. Um, I don't know that I have a fear of spiders or I just don't like things touching me, you know? So like a snake, the reason I wouldn't touch a snake is because I just don't like the way it feels. I'm not scared of it. So like, where's that, where's that fine line drawn? I don't know. I really don't know. One of the biggest things I discovered about fear is that when you address your fears, when you learn, often it is a fear of the unknown. When you learn and discover what it actually is and all the things you didn't know, let's say you are so afraid of scorpions, as an example, picking the fear of my husband. (laughs) (laughs) 
But when you start to learn and understand how they live, what they eat, what they want, what they are looking for, how they reproduce, how many babies in one time, how do they move around, who are their predators, it becomes an animal like another. You still don't want it in your home, of course, but it becomes an animal like another. Yeah, like a dog, right? Like a cat. You, know? you just learn how to communicate or maybe just understand what they are about. Same with, with spiders. There, there is one thing with spiders. Even though there is a part that is still icky about that, I find them fascinating in one way. Because imagine you have to manage eight eyes, eight legs, and that you can go 360 degrees, and that you know everything, and then you are locked to one thread. That's a real life. It's very different from our perspective. Yeah. We have um, a spider out here. It might not be out there anymore because it's a little while ago, but it was building its web. And I just stood out there watching it for about, you know, 20 minutes in awe of how it builds its web. And, and literally it is hanging on a thread, you know, it's hanging there on a thread and swinging from place to place. And it's just building this web so that it can create this system to be able to catch its food. And so it's really a, a fascinating, like you, you mentioned, you know, it's really a fascinating uh, thing of like, if you look at the animal itself or like ants as another great example, right? Because ants, they can carry what, like 10 times their body weight or something like that. Uh, dang, if I could carry that, that'd be awesome. I'd be able to carry a car or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to um, talk about something there. You mentioned about the fears and there's a saying that, you know, fears are false evidence appearing real. Now I'm about six months into breaking through a fear every single day. And I was brushing my teeth and I was like, false evidence appearing real, false evidence appearing real. There is nothing false about my fears at all. And there's no evidence of it appearing real because it is as real as real can be to me. So my fears may be unfounded to someone else, but to me, they're real to me. So it doesn't matter if somebody else thinks like, oh, that's a silly fear because it's legit to me. And so what I ended up coming up with is my own acronym for fear. And that is that faith erases anxious reactions because fear is nothing more than anxiety. It's like a nervous reaction that's going on inside of our body. And so I you know it's the anxious reactions. But when we have faith, our fear is weak. So you can't you cannot have faith and fear together at the same time. So if you have strong faith, your fear is weaker or it's actually eliminated. So oftentimes what would happen is as I came up with the fear and I was getting ready to approach that fear, I would ask myself, how strong is my faith right now? How strong is my faith right now? Because my fear is taking over. So all I need to do is tap into my faith. And there's three areas of faith that we can tap into. The first area of faith is tapping into my own faith, my belief in myself, my belief that I can do this. My next uh, stage of faith is tapping into my circle of friends, those who are a positive, supportive, uplifting, those who want to see me succeed, that really great environment of people that are you know just uplifting me, right? And then there's the faith in whoever you, like I believe in God. And so mine is the faith in God that God has my back. 
I tap into all three of those and then I can go forward. The, the fear is no longer stopping me because the faith has tapped in and I'm ready to, I'm just going to go tackle this. And then you know, a lot of people will say, do it, um, do it anyway, face the fear and do it anyway, or um, do it in spite of the fear. And to me, those two phrases are very disempowering. So what I did is I changed it again, another, another tool that I put in my toolbox, my fear toolbox, and that is to do it because I'm scared. You say, oh, that's just fear. I'm going to do this because I'm scared. And the reason I came up with that is because I realized again about, you know, six months into breaking through a fear every day for a year, right? I realized that 99% of the time, the fears that I broke through, I was proud of myself for having done it, or it opened a door that might have stayed closed had I not broken through that fear. I ended up that year, I interviewed the president of Mexico, of the country Mexico, because I was breaking through fears every day. You know, I interviewed Jack Canfield on the red carpet, Les Brown. I you know, had sat and had lunch with him. And, and I had some really great uh, opportunities to meet some amazing people that really helped me to see myself differently. And it was because I did it because I was scared. And so when we can change our language and we can say, ah, that's fear. I'm going to do this because I'm scared. We're empowering ourselves, empowering ourselves with the fear and do it. Go ahead and go out there and do it and see what happens. Absolutely. Especially when you are not putting yourself in actual real danger, but it's yes. only a question of emotion and, and dealing with your own emotion, how you go about it. Yeah. I'm not saying like, go, go, um, go uh, out there and, and swim with the sharks or anything, right? I'm saying like, if that networking event is you're like scared to go, just go, you know, if you're scared to speak on stage, just go do it. If you're scared to be interviewed on a podcast, just go do it because the, your life will transform when you do that. You know, you're ready to write a book, just go do it, you know, and just put yourself out there and see what happens and how your life will change. My whole life has shifted in a very positive way because of that. So my question for you, you say that you are on a mission to empowering 5 million women and men to write their stories. I don't read in there that you are publishing all their books and all their stories, that you are empowering them to write their stories. It doesn't even mean publishing. And you are a publishing house as well. It will publish a house as well. How do you measure your success? Oh, great question. When this came up, because, you know, people, uh, when you're in business, they want to know, like, what's your mission? And when this mission came up, I actually, the original number was not 5 million. The original number was 50,000. And then I reminded myself, I said, 50,000, you know, women and men. And I reminded myself that, oh, yeah, Grant Cardone always says you need to 10x it. So I 10x'd it to 5 million, which I didn't realize in the moment that that was actually a hundred Xing it. But I said, okay, I said 5 million. So that's the number five is my favorite number. That's why I chose the five aspect. And so as I looked at that, I said, I will probably not do this in my lifetime. And what I'm doing is I'm creating a legacy company, you know, creating the future. So the company that I've created action takers publishing is not about what I do today 
or what I do next year or what I do while I'm here on this planet. It's the legacy that I leave behind to continue, you know, sharing those stories. So to date, we are at number 209. So 209 uh, women and men that we have shared their stories by publishing their work. And uh, one of the ways we do this is through our collaboration books. I know you do collaboration books as well. You know, bringing people together to share just one chapter so that we can get their story out there into the world. So we are actually calculating every single person getting our number, you know, so we can know what that number is. And this is important to me. Why is this my mission? Well, as a person who grew up in so much fear, I spent so many years of my life not speaking out because I had that fear of judgment and I was a people pleaser. And so at 51, I was sitting around a conference room. It was 2015. I was breaking through a fear every single day, sitting around this conference room table with like 12 women and attending this marketing workshop. The woman putting on the workshop asked a question. And for the first time in my life, I was 51 years old. And the first time in my life, I raised my hand to answer the question. I never did that because my fear of judgments was so strong. When a teacher would call on me, I would just sit there and like, just crumble and sink to the floor. You know, I answered the question and I sat down The two women sitting next to me said, that was brilliant. Will you repeat it? I want to write it down. It was in that exact moment that I finally had that realization that I have value. That this moment forward, I will share my voice every opportunity I get. And it was through the the process of sharing my voice and telling my story that I found that many people would say, wow, that was so awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I'm so glad you did because I learned ABC. It's in the power of sharing our stories that we make our greatest impact. So that's why for me, the sharing of the stories is so extremely important. It's not about me. It's about sharing your story and the impact that it's going to make on this planet. And I am all about uplifting, motivating, inspiring people to take action, to live the life they truly want to live. And that's why action takers publishing, but it really, it's about sharing that story so that you can make the impact that you don't know you're about to make. And I'll share one last thing on that is when I published my book. So I I broke through those fears every single day. You know, then my mentor was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, I don't want to write a book. Why would I write a book? Who wants to read my story? That was what I was saying. Right. Well, he's like, no, you need to write a, you need to write a book because there's people out there who need to hear your story. So I wrote the book. I called it the year of fears. And about three months after I wrote that book, I was attending an event. There were about 400 people in attendance. And this one woman came running over to me from the other side of the room, like we were on a break. And she comes running over, yelling out my name, Linda Sunshine, Linda Sunshine. Oh my God, I got your book, The Year of Fears. I read the first 14 pages and I already broke through five fears. And I was like, she's who I wrote this book for. I thought it was for me. It wasn't for me at all. It was for her and all the other hers out there who need to hear my story. Talk about impact. Every single person on this planet has an extremely powerful story to tell. And every single person has somebody out there waiting for you to tell it so that you can inspire and motivate them to take action, to live the life they 
truly want to live. This is the true inspiration and this is the reason why I have also created Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse to break through this barrier, to break through this desire to stay hidden in the closet and never talk about our story ever again, to break free from our own judgment of ourselves. Yes. That's the worst, right? That's the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> so, exactly. And also to share other people's story because when you feel comfortable enough with your story, you own it, you said it, and you will keep on saying it, telling it. Now you are strong enough and confident enough to listen to other people's story without crumbling every time. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah, it's so true. It's through the number of times like me telling my story and telling my story and telling my story is how I healed because when I first started telling my story, I would cry or I would have tears in my eyes. And because there was so much pain, there was so much pain deep down inside. So like when I would talk about my dad, I would cry. When I talk about my mom, I would cry. When I talk about my family, I would cry. And now I have healed all of that pain. I'm sure there's still some pain hidden down there somewhere that I haven't touched yet, but I have healed so much of my pain that I experienced for so many decades that, you know, telling my story, I'm, it's like what I'm immune to it now. It's just part of my story is like, what's the big deal? You know, it's just like part of what, who, how I was created as to who I am today. And so now I see my story as the beauty of what it is, because it was through all those challenges, all that pain that I went through and experienced, that that's what created who I am today. And I, for the first time in my life, I actually love me. And that's where we should be. And that is how we should be. It is true. It was really overdue. And I'm happy that you ended up today with your loving yourself the way you yes. are. Loving, forgiving, accepting, being with yourself. Be, considering yourself your best friend, your best ally. Taking care. Like for real. Realizing that you have one body that is going to last from beginning to end, so you better take care of it. Yeah. One mind, one mind too, right? But we can shift it. That's what the beauty about that is we can, you have these mindset shifts and, you know, uh, for me, I needed help. I didn't know how because I had lived in that darkness for so long that it wasn't until that life coach showed herself that I was like, okay, I'm in. And I'm so glad I did that, you know, raised my hand and I'm like, I'm, I'm here and I'm ready. I'm ready to do something different. You know, there's that saying, I can't remember if it's Confucius or not, but it says, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And the the thing is that the, the teachers are always there. The teachers are always there. We're just not ready yet as the student. And then what I what I learned also is during this journey is that the student, I was the student, the student was ready to be a teacher after learning so much, right? And so now when the teacher was ready, the students appeared. And it was so cool because I remember that exact moment. I was like, wow, I'm finally ready. I'm ready to teach. And people just started showing up, but not until I was ready. So get ready. 
Exactly. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> that is so amazing. Linda, I have made the constant ticker tour, um, a scroll with your website, Action Taker Publishing, with my website, jamasoni.com. And um, in the description of this episode, there is all the links that allows us to be reached by any possible means. So that we are sure that one way or another, we get into contact with you, the audience. So let us know what is your biggest takeaway. Let us know that we inspired you to take on power over your life, that you take action to be who you are, to love yourself. Let us know that it works for you. Because, you know, without any feedback, we have no chance to know that we did actually succeed. We need this feedback to continue the work we do. So tell us when it works. Tell us when it doesn't. Communicate with us. All right? Definitely, yeah. You know, because that's the thing is we go through life and we're making impact. And no matter what, you're making an impact. So sometimes the impact is negative and sometimes the impact is positive. But, you know, we're, as we go through life, we are making an impact on people. And so if you're being impacted, like, you know, my life coach, I'm constantly letting her know, you know, thank you so much for what you gave me, the gift you gave me. And you're reaching out to people to let them know that they made an impact because you never know what that person is thinking in that moment. Like, you know, I have no value and I'm not helping anybody. You know, what am I doing here? I'm not sure. I don't understand. You're like, what's the big deal? And like, who knows what they're thinking in their own head? Because no matter how we see somebody on the outside, that's not always what's going on in the inside. I remember my, my older sister, you know, she recently passed away. She passed away at age 57, way too young to go. And I remember when, uh, you know, we were about, you know, in our early fifties and something happened and I said something and I was still in that darkness. I was still in that darkness and I said something to her and something happened in that moment that made me realize that, wow, a tear started swelling up in her eye, just like on the corner of her eye. And I saw that tear and then it started to drop down her cheek. And she looked at me and she said, that really hurt me. My sister was always the strong one. She was always the leader. She was always the one guiding me everywhere, every step of the way. And I looked up to her more than anybody in my life. And I hurt her. My belief before I said what I said was that nothing can hurt her because she's so strong. And in that moment, I, I, I was proven that even no matter how strong somebody is, they still have feelings. They're sitting there wondering, am I helping anybody? And even though they're strong exterior on the outside, they're still human beings. And so I've made it a point, especially with those who are more like, uh, more for me, intimidating, right? They're maybe more intimidating is to reach out to them and thank them for what they have done for me. Because when somebody is intimidating to people, a lot of people don't reach out to them. They don't get those accolades. 
So really, those are the ones that kind of probably need it more than others, you know. And so that was just a, a very important piece of my life for me to, again, to have this, you know, realization, to have this empathy for other people, because I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't have any idea. And by respecting the fact that we do not know what's going on in their lives, that means that if we bring goodness, gentleness, positive feedback, uplifting, encouragement, compliments, you know what it earned me? It earned me the absolute unwavering friendship of a podcaster who just got started when I reached out because he did write a book before I was wanting to get a, a testimonial or something, I decided to say, you know what? In that book, he said, you shall ask for testimonials and ask for feedback all the time so that you get a, so all those proof of people who like your work and like what you do. And I reached out to him on LinkedIn. I wrote, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Can you please write a, something about me? And then I continued and I said, you know what, I'm going to write something about you on your LinkedIn, like recommending you. And from there, maybe you will feel inspired to do something about me. I did that. He did not see the entirety of my message, but he saw the testimonial. He reached out and he told me, Gemma, I love you to death. You made my day today. I was on the brink of throwing in the towel. You come with such sunshine and sun and, and such gentleness and you recognize the work I do for you. I do everything. What can I do for you? Ask me three things. I give you all. I was blown away. He told me, here is my phone number. I expect your call. I guarantee you I called. Yeah. And I That's awesome. Such a grateful man. Such a grateful man. And I told him, you know what? Here is our situation. I'm trying to get this business off the ground. I want the spotlight of my husband, Sasha. And um, and I want to know how to get paying clients. And he said, very good. I'm just starting my podcast now. Did your husband write a book? Yes. Okay. So he's on my podcast. I was there. He's what? Okay. <laughs> I came back to my husband. <laughs> you know, scheduled actually on what? You know, Jay So He has a podcast that is called A New Direction. At the beginning, we just connected because he wrote God Mediology, Social Mediology. That was amazing. And that was like back in 2015, 16, something mm -hmm. like that. And that connection lasts till today. A few weeks ago, I reached out to say, know what i launched my podcast too and he was like oh my god i saw you and everything he was so grateful to hear again those connections when you reached out they are a lifetime precious forever connection forever and they love yeah definitely as well yeah I, I love how you did that because um you know linkedin especially has that opportunity to do those testimonials or recommendations, I think they call them over there. And it's really a great way to connect with people. If, if you've done some of their work, you really have legitimate, you know, legitimately recommending them, of course. But um, it's a, a great way, again, for them to, for you to be able to uh, edify them to the world, 
because anybody going on LinkedIn that sees that there, they get to see, you get to help to elevate them, you know, to a, a new level. And that's just such a beautiful thing that we can do. So I recommend everybody go for the next five days, go find one person that you want to recommend on LinkedIn and go do a recommendation. <laughs> just do it. And just do it. Just, just wonderful. Linda, it is such an honor and pleasure to have you. Thank you for everything. When you update your links for whatever reason, let me know because we will update them in the description as well. Never know how it goes in the future. And uh, thank you again for your presence and your insights. Thank you for having me. You know, I just, I love this. I, you know, the real talk thing is such a big deal for me, uh, especially since, you know, moving through all those fears of people, you know, the people pleasing fears and the, the fear of judgment. So, you know, I just, whoever, whoever I am today is who I am. You know, this is, I show up as me unapologetically. And I want, I realize that there'll be some people who will not resonate with me at all. And then there will be others that'll be like, oh my God, I just love her for who she is. And those are the ones that I'm looking for, right? (laughs) So show up as ourselves, really step out there, step through those fears. If you're experiencing fear, just realize that all it is, it's, it's an energy that you're experiencing. So how can you turn that energy into a positive energy? And then tap in again, look for that faith. What faith do you have in yourself, in others, and in whoever your higher power is? And, and just ask yourself, how can I move through this fear? And I'm going to do it because I'm scared. Because I know that on the other side of that fear is going to be me being proud of myself for doing it, or I'm going to have opened up a door that I didn't even know was closed. So get out there and break through those fears. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.